but you and a jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. Cry, we lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Suicide. And all of y'all know my style. I excel, then prevail. Run up and get touched up. Suicide, that's it. And all of y'all know my style. Andy, uh, tell them what you got to tell them. Hey, man. Real quick, guys, uh, like and subscribe. You need to get that. Hit those buttons on the screen there. We need to, we need to build up our numbers. I want you to like and subscribe. Come on, tell a few friends. Like and subscribe. We need your help. We give you free content. Get some help, man. Uh, also, we want to let you know where we're going to be. We're going to be out on the road, uh, starting heavy uh, this month. Um, we we had a few weeks off, and we're going for it now. Uh, this week, when you're listening to this, we're going to be in Buffalo, New York, at Helium, uh, February. So that's uh, sorry, that is going to be February 15th through the 18th. February 23rd through the 24th, we're going to be at the Funny Bone in Albany, New York. Uh, March 29th, uh, we're going to be at the Holland Civic Center in Holland, Michigan. Uh, March 15th through the 16th, we're going to be at the Cincinnati Funny Bone in Liberty Township. March 22nd to the 23rd, we're at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. March 29th through the 31st, we're at Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. April 5th, we're at the Parker in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. April 11th through the 24th, we're at River Cree in Enoch, uh, Alberta, Canada. Uh, 12th, uh, April 12th, we're at Great Eagle in Calgary. Uh, April 13th to the 14th, we're at the Funny Bone in Syracuse. April 15th, we're at Darth, uh, Darth Forth Music, Toronto. Uh, April 19th to the 21st, we're in Cleveland, Ohio at the Improv. And April 27th, we're going to be at the Bronson Center in Ottawa, followed by April 28th, the Olympia in Montreal. And April 30th, Bella Rose in Halifax, Nova Scotia, followed by May. Second through the fifth, we're going to be at Helium in Portland. And these are the ones coming back to the States. May uh, 9th, Meyer Theater in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wilbur Theater, May 11th. And then the big one that we wanted, really reason I'm pushing the dates here at the beginning, we're going to be at Madison Square Garden at the Hulu Theater, May 18th. It's 18th, right? Yes. Yeah, 18th. Yeah. Okay. That's a Saturday. Yeah, I think so. Right. So, man, get those tickets for uh, MST. Aries coming home. Yeah. Um, couple little things before we. Uh, well, first of all, uh, we are discussing uh, something that I know I saw as I was scrolling through Netflix, looking for something to watch, and then, but as quickly as I saw it, I, I think I forgot about it. Uh, just as quicker, uh, not because I wasn't interested. I just, you know, my my mind was somewhere else. And then Andy uh, brought it to my attention. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, who killed Jam Master J? And you know what was fucking me up today before we did this? I kept going, who killed Dr. J? I got to watch who killed Dr. J. And I kept mixing uh, Doctor with Jam Master. But yeah, who killed uh, Jam Master J? And then uh, hopefully we also can get to, since we're in the vein of hip hop, um, uh, the Bismarcky doc that we had watched long ago. 
but never just got around to it. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, just regular bullshit. Um, so me and my girl, we get into a, I think this is good news, bad news. Me and my girl, we get into a little argument the other day. And you know how women are. When they're wrong, they can't ever admit they're wrong. So they do other shit, which is their way of saying, I'm sorry. You're right. I was wrong. Um, and, you know, I've been arguing with this broad all fucking day. And I knew I was in the right. And I, I, I just I'm, I'm getting to a point where I just go, you know what? I wave the white flag. I bow out gracefully. I'm not arguing with you no more, even when I know I'm right in the argument. So she cuts to, at one point, she texts me and goes, let's go to the movies while the kids are in school. Now, I'm thinking, we got into a fight, the kids are in school, and the best way you want to make it up to me is over popcorn. Like, give me some pussy, goddammit. Especially when you know I'm all about that. So I don't want to go to the fucking movies. I'd already started getting my little drink on. I was feeling buzzed. I mapped out in my head what my plan was. I was going to have a couple more drinks, get nice. Then I was going to chill and play PlayStation and play one of my boys in NBA 2K. This bitch goes, let's go to the movies. I don't want to, but it's one of those things where you go, I got to do what she wants. So she goes, this movie called Out of Darkness starts in 20 minutes. And with the timing, by the time the movie's over, it'll give her just enough time to pick the kids up from school. I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, oh, she loves horror movies, thrillers. Out of Darkness sounds like a horror movie, a thriller. This should be okay, even though I don't want to do this. Andy, two things. Number one, when I say hate, I use this word with the venom of an entire group of Klansmen and skinheads. I hate movies with subtitles. We go see this fucking movie. It's one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen in my life. Then on top of that, it's got subtitles. Dude, she must have had to nudge me eight times because I kept going... In the theater. It's a movie about a bunch of like weird tribesmen. What was that one movie? Remember, I don't know if you remember. Remember that movie back in the day? It, it, Ray Don Chong was in it. It was about, they were like the first people, like cavemen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something Fire. Um, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I know which Quest one for Fire? Yeah, Quest for Fire. Quest for Fire. It was these type of people would fucking look like they had on uh, animal fur for clothes with sticks and spears in the woods. And it was something scary going on in the woods. And, oh, God, oh, God, out of darkness. And imagine an hour and 30 minutes of subtitles with this. Man, I was so goddamn mad. I ain't getting no pussy. I was drinking. I was chilling. I was going to play PlayStation, maybe smoke some herb. She pulled me away from all that to go see this bullshit. Did you like it? Did she like it? That's what I'm going Did she like the movie? She, you know, again, women, to save face, it wasn't that bad. Bitch, please. <laughs> you know that shit was garbage. There was, 
There was five people in the theater, including us two. Had you ever heard of this movie? No. Oh, my God. Dude, but you stuck the landing for her. You stayed through it. You, you did it for her. As I do everything. And there's no vice versa. Women are some of the most greediest, childlike creatures I've ever endured. You know, you should get a whiteboard, like a giant whiteboard. Put it up at your house somewhere. Just draw a line right down the middle. Write your name. Keep on, score? Yeah, one, your name on one side, her name on the other side. And just every time you do something extra, you just write down what it is. And it's something that you did just for her. And then she has to write down what she does just for you. And then you could check it out at the end of a week and see who who's doing that what. That score would be 1,099 to 1. But then she would see it. And brag about the one thing she did. Okay, so. That was the, that was the bad news. The good news. Uh, the other day. Matter of fact, no, I'm sorry. That same day, uh, I, I get a call from my agent. And he goes, uh, Dr. Dre wants to talk to you. Oh yeah, you said like, you 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 hinted this to me. Yeah, I said, uh, I, and I didn't think Dr. Dre. I went, who the fuck is Dr. Dre? So he goes, I got an email from uh, a young young lady who works for Aftermath Aftermath Entertainment, and she goes, Dr. Dre wants to talk to Aries. Can he have Aries' number? And it says in the email, Dre don't like to do the Hollywood thing. In other words. I, I want to talk straight to the motherfucker. I don't want to have to go to your agent right. and your manager and the, you know, the red tape. So once I was like, oh shit, Dr. Dre. Yeah. Give him my number. So Dre calls me and he goes, Hey man, I want to fuck with you, man. We, I, we, we love you, man. I love you. He goes, I got this project I'm doing blah, 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 blah. And he goes, uh, I'm on my way to the studio to go meet up with Snoop. And I said, Dre, man, can you please do me a favor and tell Snoop to holler at me, man? Like every time I try to call him, he's either not available or very hard to get in contact with. He said, dude, I got you. 30 minutes later, I get a FaceTime. It's Dre. Dre is standing next to Snoop in the studio. And I'm like, uh, hey, Snoop, what up? He said, what up, nigga? Sup, cuss? He's like, what's going on with your nephew? I said, man, I've been trying to call you, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, let us tell you about this project we're working on. So they basically are doing a cartoon rated R movie. Uh, that's you, you, Did you ever see the movie, the cartoon Sausage Party? Yeah. It's like that. It's, it, but not necessarily that, but an, an adult, adult cartoon. Yeah, an adult cartoon. Yeah. And you know, that's the type of shit that's right up my alley. So Trey is like, yo, you down? I said, listen, man, the moment I heard it was you, I was down. I don't give a fuck what it is, nigga. I, and, I, and I said to him at one point, I go, man, how you doing? He goes, you know, life is good. I said, I know, nigga. I seen your house. And he, and he chuckled at that. But he was like, uh, I was like, yeah, man, anything you do, I'm down. You Dr. Dre, nigga. Eminem, 50 Cent. I'm going to take that gamble. So he was like, uh, all right, cool. And uh, I said to Snoop, hey, Snoop, man, you got that, that, that little show you do where you be sitting side by side interviewing cats. Can I get out? He said, say no more, cuz. Next week, we're going to be looking for a guest. I got you locked in, homie. So, boom with Snoop. Dre, I said, Dre, man, you listen, man. T just say the place, the time, what you need me to do, and I'm there. And he said, for real, we're going to make it happen. So, that was, my, that was my good news. I got an unexpe unexpected call from Dr. Dre. I, I've, I've been knowing Snoop. I've never met Dr. Dre. That's and the fact that he 
reached out and was like, yo, we love you over here. I was like, okay, that's what's up. That's amazing. That is really exciting. Yeah. Now, and, and, and I'm listen, I'm not going to try to shit on my own birthday cake, but as great as that is, here's where I go. <sighs> you know how many times I've been down this road, Andy? Have where motherfuckers say, let's do something. We're going to give me the number and then nothing. Wait a minute, though. Wait a minute. Let me just, let me, let me just, let me be the positive side of the story. You ready? Uh, you told him, hey, let Snoop know that you've been trying to get a hold of him. He goes, okay, no problem, right? You get a call back in 30 minutes. What's your biggest gripe? They don't, no one ever gets back to you. They wait and they wait and they do the Hollywood shit, right? Got back yes. to you right away. Got back to you with Snoop right there. Two things that he said he would do, he did. So now we keeping our fingers crossed for the third. Well, the third one is this. Uh, you never and that's been, the most important one. Yeah, but you've never been down this road with, with, with Dre. Right. So this, is the, this, isn't the, this isn't the same thing. This is a different thing. You got to go into it as this is a different thing. I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on my own head. Dude, I, I, uh, I, I have high hopes for you. And listen, I, I want to be as positive as you, but the only thing I'm saying is, yeah, you called me back. Well, you called me. It ain't like I'm a agent. Reach out to Dr. Dre, who I've never met. Find out what he's doing. Dude, you called me. But the fact that, okay, you called me. You called me back with Snoop. Great. But the real diamond is in the work. Yeah. Doing the work, getting the money, getting the, having that on my resume. So all that other shit is cute. But I need the work. Because it's like, dude, I, it's like I'm a child in an adoption agency. A lot of paperwork has been filled out constantly. I've met a lot of them, my potential parents. But on pickup day, I'm still there. Dude, uh, this is different. This is different. This, this is just different. All right. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, from Snoop to the, the one with Mark Wahlberg, that really took a lot of wind out of my sails. And I'm just saying every time, again, somebody comes to the adoption a agency and goes, oh, him, and they dress me up, give me a bath, fill out the paperwork, I'm sitting there waiting on pickup day, and it don't happen, ah, oh, shucks. Uh, well, this is different. This is different. Every one of them is different. Okay. So this one may be the one, man. I, I, I wouldn't cross my fingers. I, I wouldn't do anything. I would just like believe in the, in the dude. He did what he said so far. He called you. Right. He called you. Yeah. Okay. He, I, yeah. And, and listen, I know that there are people who probably at sometimes be screaming, Jesus Christ, Aries, be positive, be more like Andy. And, and, and listen, I am trying, but when you go, he called you. Yes, he did. And Mark Wahlberg told me to roll my window down, not the other way around. It's different, though. He saw you. It was a moment. This He looked you up for this specifically. I, I'm not saying that you should. Uh, I, I'm not a positive person. I know you think I'm a positive person, but I just, I'm not going to shit on something that, ha, that doesn't deserve any fucking manure yet. Just let it go. Right. And, you all know, right. if it doesn't work out, then you can shit on it all you want. But right now, this looks this looks nice. All right, doo, doo never smelt so 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 good. And it's one of my heroes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, dude, you motherfucker, you the chronic motherfucker. Yeah. You you know, you you well, I was go I was gonna say, uh, which is one of the notes in the Jam Master J thing. Nigga, you discovered 50 Cent. No, he didn't. 
No. Which was a shock to me. He, but, but that's a good segue to roll into this. Yeah, now. yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, I was, I was happy to see. I, I, I didn't see that this was out, and I saw it, and I was like, hey, I wonder why we haven't, you know, touched on this yet, because it seemed uh, right up what we do, and, yeah. uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, the interesting thing for me is Jam Master J. I mean, I, and I don't know. I'm gonna just be honest. I don't know in the black community, especially where he was from in Hollis. That's a different story. But I'm talking about. In, in hip-hop, I mean, everybody says run DMC. I mean, I knew who Jam Master J was because I was into it, but, I mean, I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people that weren't into hip-hop really understood that there was three people in this band. Is was it, it your, was it your, the DJ connection uh, that made you? No, it was my hip-hop connection, dude. I just was. I know, but you, having been a DJ, I would think that yeah, that just gave it a little bit more. No, because I I wasn't. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a different style. It's a different style. I mean, I could do I could do what he. I can't do what he does. I mean, I tried to learn that, and I I, I, mean, I was getting better at it. But what they do is completely different. To make beats, that kind of a DJ that actually makes beats, that's a whole different kind of dude, man. That's a that's a that, that's. Uh, I never got that good. I'll just be real honest. Right. I, I was able to keep people on the dance floor. That's what I was able to do. But. To, right. to make beats, to, to be able to do what he does, uh, completely different. And, uh, but I just knew who they were because, you know, I wanted to know everybody that was on the stage. And I saw, I, I always, and maybe you're right. Maybe it is a little bit of the DJ. Maybe I just wanted to know who was making the, who was, who was making the music back there. So yeah, maybe it is a little bit of that. I, cause I did want to know. Yeah. You know, it's always interesting when you watch these things, uh, little things that you pick up. Uh, contextually and uh, with facts that you just didn't know. I mean, you know, listen, obviously the front men being run and DMC, uh, that's who your focus would be on because uh, they're the guys doing the most. But when they, when the guy was talking about, you know, how important the DJ's role was because he was the guy that came out before the rappers came out and got the crowd hyped. Uh, I never really even thought about it like that, but which is absolutely true. But my question then becomes, which I wanted to ask you again, because of the DJ thing, you know, it seems like obviously today's hip hop stars don't have DJs. And I'm wondering why that is. They have people that maybe hype men, maybe, maybe make beats. There's people that make beats still. You have to be able to make beats, but I'm just saying somebody in the traditional sense where, you know, especially back in the eighties, when you saw a rapper, yeah. Back and behind him, you saw a DJ. Will Smith, Fresh Prince, uh, Spinderella, Salt and Pepper, Jam Master J, Run DMC. Now that's completely obsolete. There's a, you know, I, I've said, I kind of, I kind of said things around what I'm about to say since I've been doing this with you. There's a difference between hip hop and rap. Rap is part of hip hop. Hip hop isn't part, doesn't have to be part of rap. Hip hop is, is its own and it has it has it, it has its own culture where rap can be different that's why when they're talking about this and talking about like gangster rap is and and the evolution of rap uh, that, that that's where the difference is uh, to me that's where the difference is a lot of difference being an mc having a dj doing all the things that were part of being you know you had dancers for hip hop hip hop is different there's some rules to it. 
and rap doesn't have those same rules. Um, you know, it's funny when they, and, and like, I didn't know, you know, again, not until you watch this. And then when they showed the pictures, I went, oh yeah, that's right. When they were saying how Daryl was saying when him and run first came together, they didn't really have a uniform. They right. wore, they wore those plaid jackets and with turtlenecks. And it was actually jam master J that gave them their look, the fedoras, you know, yeah. the, the Adidas jackets, the, the, the fucking uh, shell toes with no uh, shoestrings. And I didn't know that. So I was like, damn, Jam Master J played more of an intricate role in who they became than them. Right. Well, and I, I would think that Daryl and Run were the guys. No, because I love when he said it. He goes, he came out and he was wearing his uh, uh, Godfather uh, Run DMC hat, is what he said. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that he still called it the Godfather Run DMC hat when it wasn't his. It was Jam Master J's in the first place. That was his look. Um, and then, and then you know, I, I don't want to, you know, they bit his look. And that's what they did. Well, well, he, 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 well, they bit his look, but he, he more or less said, look, if I'm part of the group, yeah, this is the uniform. Yeah. But while it may not have been Run's Godfather hat, I think they all share the title of Rap's Godfathers. Yeah. I because understand. when they, I'm going to tell you, I got goosebumps when, they showed them put the outfits together and then they show them walking with the shell toes all in unison with the same look. And then them, some of them classic Run DMC songs kicked in. I was like, these dudes, man, where is their place in hip hop? They have to be the godfathers. Well, what's funny about it to me, though, when you said that, though, think about our time when we went to uh, we did go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and went to the hip hop, uh, the, the hip hop area. I don't think it's a room. It's an area. Um they're up there larger than life. I mean, they are, it's, as far as commercial music goes. And I, that's what I think about the, uh, about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think, you know, as, as we've had more conversations, I think that that's how things in the United States are viewed commercially. Like, when were they a success? When, how many records did they sell? How did they, not necessarily influence you know, dollars. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah. so that's where that, you know, they, they, they got recognized for that part and, um, interesting, but something that wasn't said in this, um, they weren't excited about doing this with uh, Aerosmith. They weren't excited about this at all. They didn't want this to be their, the song that was uh, from the album that was going to be the big deal. They didn't want, they didn't think it was, they didn't think it was. Well, before I jump to my question regarding Aerosmith, I'll say this though. And this is why I call him the Godfather. It's because listen, obviously they weren't the first guys like, and they mentioned uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Yeah. The, whoever the other Grandmaster was, I might think I have to even throw Curtis Blow into that. You have to put before Cur them. Curtis Blow to me, as far as how we look at hip hop, that to me is the is the originator. Now I know that there's and, other and, people. I know that there's other band. I know that there was other groups, but they weren't the same. They weren't. It, it was different how they how they produced their music versus how Curtis Blow put per, uh, put his music together. It was the difference. Curtis Blow to me is the uh, I I don't want to see the doctor the doctor J of it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of other people that had influences and made and made things happen without him, but who put it together and got it to where it was mainstream isn't the right word, but who who mapped out the who who ma who mapped it out. Like, you know what I mean? When someone draws a map, yeah, other people have been there before, but he drew it and showed people what it was. 
But that that's why I'm saying, and again, let me throw another name into the into that ring. You know, the Sugar Hill Gang. So all of those guys, to me, were really more of the pioneers of, of the birth of it. But when you talk about, and you use that word mainstream, when you talk about mainstream, which is, I think, for things to evolve on the level that they want to get to, to where it's, you know, the biggest thing on the planet in terms of revenue, terms of popularity, influence, culture. That's why I say they're the Godfathers, because they did do that. Unlike some of those other guys before, not like some of those guys, like any of those guys before them, they did that. Well, just don't forget, you know, uh, when you when you just what you were just saying, there's Fab Five Freddy that people don't realize, but he had yeah. a lot, he had a lot of different things that he was doing. He wasn't just about one thing. He was about more than that. He was he was about the culture. Um, yeah, there was a lot of people. There was a lot. Let's put it this way. There was a lot of pioneers. But if I could think of one time where what we think of as that hip hop rap music, that early day, that how it got started. Curtis Blow is the one that kind of really, these are the breaks. That, that's the, that's the one that kind of went over the top that went, Oh, that, that this, this is what, this is kind of the map. This maps it out. This makes sense. Because when you go, what did you say? Who else did you just say? Um, Who'd you say? Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five. Yeah, Grandmaster Sugar Hill Gang. They were a little different though. They were big stage presence, big shows. It was different. This is, but it was still, it was still the, it was still the birth of yeah, what but, is known as hip hop. Yeah, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't stripped down. It wasn't raw like hip hop became. Hip hop, there's a rawness to it though too. You had to be able to do a lot of different things to make it work. So. Um, that's what that's the difference to me. The rawness, the, the, the how stripped down it was. Um, think about early rock music when we talk about, you know, when you talk about Big Mama Thornton, right? That that's stripped down. That's just good blues, guitars, and a voice. That's what to me that early days of hip hop was when it was introduced. It was it was beats, <coughs> and then it was uh it, it was your, it, it was your flow. That was it. So well, so now that brings me to the Aerosmith thing, which to me is it, which they, you know, they explained it and talked about it in the doc, what it did for hip hop, yeah, because of the combination between Aerosmith rock and straight raw uh, hip hop. So, but my question is this: Who did more for who? Did Run DMC do more for Aerosmith, or did Aerosmith do more for Run DMC? <sighs> So the, uh, long term, I think Aerosmith would have been fine, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have got that younger. But I don't know. Do you think they didn't pick up younger audience because of it? Maybe they did. Uh, Aerosmith. I don't think they did. I, I I don't think they did. I, I think their audience is their audience. Yeah, and they stayed there with that and, audience. Right, and and that audience gravitated towards Run DMC. I think, Whereas I don't believe a bunch of brothers was running out going, yo, we need Aerosmith records now. No, I don't think that they were. That's why that's that's kind of my point where I'm saying I don't think that they might have got some younger audience, not necessarily uh, not necessarily the black audience, but they might have got some younger kids that were into hip hop music to go say this is pretty cool. What does Aerosmith do? But I don't think that was the majority of it. But I think for hip hop, the fact that they had music on MTV, which and look how long it took MTV. First of all, let's let's talk about this for just a quick second. We couldn't get Michael on MTV. And how long did it take to get hip hop on MTV? And then when they did get it on, it was one hour. Yo, MTV Raps was an hour-long show. 
So to answer the question, though, Aerosmith did more for run for hip hop for hip hop and Run DMC than the other way around. You have to say yes. I, I want to say yes, but culturally and and popularly, pop to pop, for for popular music to to uh, to grow to just to they did it for they did do it for each other. But yes, I think that I I, I don't know. Somebody had to cross over to to bring hip hop uh, out into the into the dollars, uh, and, and, and that saying, was and that was Run DMC. DMC, and that was with Aerosmith. So someone else would, I think, <coughs> I think you know the Beasties are right there. The Beastie Boys are going to be a crossover. They have that rock sound in their in their. <coughs> excuse me, I've been sick the whole time I've been here in Phoenix. I've had a chest cold mm. the whole time, but I think the. Uh, the Beastie Boys had the rock sound. They were going to bring that in, but the Beastie Boys were way different because they had it wasn't about one. Yeah, there's an established rock band that's going to cross over with this hip hop band. Yeah, I guess it does more. It leans, it brings more people from that rock culture over, and they see it. And you got to love it, man. It was as much as it, it, that's one of the few songs that uh, MTV had the chance to ruin by playing it too much, and it never ruined it. I don't know why it didn't ruin it. There's songs that have been played. I, I, I don't think it ruined it for the reason that they said it, it, it was something that had never been done before. So you wanted it was to see brand it all the new. time. Yeah. So you want, man, to- it was explosive, but I've, I, I've had videos that MTV ruined for me. A lot of people, I, I this is just off, uh, but in the eighties that Dexy's midnight runners, the come on Eileen. People think that's a catchy little, like, you know, that it's kind of catchy. It has that little. Right. I fucking right. want to die every time I hear that song because they played it every like eight seconds on MTV. So like right. MTV had the power to uh, to overplay somebody and to kill them. And that was one of them. But like, uh-huh. I didn't like that. That song that you said with the cartoon that they come out. Right. The, that song they played over and over. I hated the song because of MTV, not because the video was bad, not because the music was horrible. Wasn't necessarily my favorite, but just getting on, getting off school, getting out of school, rushing home to turn on MTV because it was still the newest thing that I had in my life. And I turned that on and almost every time I was going to find a song that they just wanted to play all the time. And it it ruined it for me because there was so much music. There's so much music that was available and they were going to play these, you know, these songs had to get on rotation every hour and it was horrible. So, yeah, but this didn't get fucked up by that. Every time that came on, I was happy to hear it. And I liked it. I got to be honest. I like the uh, uh, the old Aerosmith song. I like Aerosmith. It's for a rock band that plays the way that they play. I like Aerosmith. I have no problem with it. Right. So that was a great um, cr- crossover choice. Yes. And, and, and again, it, it's, it was needed for the culture. But don't forget, uh, Aerosmith wasn't a, as big of a deal at that moment, though, either, right then. Really? Yeah. So it did. It, it helped them out, too. Um, and see, like I just said, uh, I didn't know that, uh, Jam SJ discovered 50 Cent. No, no, that was a big one. That was a big one. Uh, I thought, I, I thought me. that was Dre's find. I, I didn't know who found it, but I did not know that it was Jam Master J. And why isn't, uh, JMJ Records get some more, cra- is that, is that, is that the only one he I found? Don't I don't even know. If, oh, oh, Okay. That was your question. I was going to say, are they even around anymore? No, I don't think that. I don't think so. I think that ends with, uh, with Jay. With him. But yeah. But you know, I never, I never knew that he, like you just said, you would think that someone would put out 
uh, publicity statement because you want to get the credit for it because you want to blow up some other people. You want to get, you know, uh, these other distributing distri- distribution companies coming in. Who, who do you, who else you got? Who else do you have? Uh, yeah. so, so that was kind of surprising to me. Uh, dude, I'm telling you, I, and it's not until you really see this documentary and I don't know if it's throwing dirt on a man's name who really doesn't deserve it. Uh, because I, from from everything that I had always seen of Jam Master J, I keep wanting to say Dr. J, but Jam Master J, um, he seemed like the coolest, most humble person in the world. And I just kept calling, who the hell would want to kill this dude and why? Well, and then, and that, then of course, yeah. They, well, yeah, they, they, they start to go into all the different possible angles. And the one angle that they went through, which, you know, fucking blew me away was when they was like, yeah. At one point, he went broke. So he had to almost revert back to some of his old ways to make money. And that included associating himself in the drug game and people in the drug game. And that's always a dangerous route. Yeah, well, he he never left everybody. You know, he was one of those people that wanted to help out everybody that was from his neighborhood. He wanted to take care of people. So I don't think that I don't think that he ever ran far away from them. I think he was always trying to help out people in this neighborhood and putting them on and giving, getting them jobs. He talks about that uh, when they're on tour, that he hired all these, all these street dudes to be their uh, security. Moral of the story, people. Uh, if they ain't really your blood, blood, like for real blood, yo, fuck that shit. That's so overrated at times. Helping people, people you came up with, friends and all that shit, because you either go broke or you get fucked over. I think that's I think that's overrated at times. Um, I'm gonna be real honest with you. I agree 100 percent with you. You gotta move away. You gotta move away. You'll get you know, it's like that. The, what's the scene in Scarface? Every time I think uh, I'm out. They pull me back. They pull me in, back in. in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a t- that's a totally different Al Pacino movie. Yeah, but that is the That's that, Godfather 3. Yeah. That's the <laughs> it's Scarface. Oh, did I say Scarface? Sorry. Yes. Yeah, oh, sorry. Godfather 3. Uh Yeah, man, but that's the that's that scene, you know, that every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. I mean, that that <sighs> you got I speaking from my personal experience. I had to get away from everybody. If I wasn't going to go back in, I had to get away from everybody. Cause one, Listen, it's a, it, I'm sorry, but it's a noble idea. It's a noble idea. But again, uh, they say blood is thicker than water, but you need water to live. Uh, I hope I'm not fucking that saying up. I, I, I know cause there's some people who go, you need blood to live too. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah. But that, that saying has uh, it, it, it's deeper than that. That's the, that's the part that they quote blood is thicker than water. But uh, the covenant, uh, something of the covenant is thicker than the something of the womb. It's 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 a it's 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 a it doesn't sound as good the, the way they're saying it. What it says, what that real quote is supposed to say is, "Blood is thicker than water." Yes, your family, but you don't get to choose your family. But someone who's down for you for the rest of your life that would do anything to save you is the person that you want to be around. <laughs> but when you have something that someone wants. They're not choosing to be around you because they're down for you. They're down for what they can get from you. That's that's where the difference comes in. So you got to find out who's really there. Now the one dude, uh, I'm gonna forget his. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pull him up if I'm gonna remember his name, but he's the one. 
that was said he would just started the 10 year bid when he, uh, uh, at the beginning of the, of the dock. Let me see if I can just pull it up real quick. Uh, because he, he seemed, I, I don't know, but he seemed too good. Like, uh, I'm not saying that he wasn't, but he seemed like he was down. Like he understood the problem that, that, uh, he had, but I, I don't see him in here. I wrote down everybody's name, but then I just realized I'm not going to remember. I don't have the picture to see who everybody is. Um, let's go back to that in a second. Well, what did you, when you, when you hear the story about what happens, is there anything right. that's, that stood up, like any hairs staying up on your arm about anything? You know, I thought one, it's, it's very crazy to me that the police precinct was literally damn near across the street. It's like yeah. a three-minute walk. How the fuck does how, how the fuck do you even have the 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 nerve or the you know the balls of steel to go? I'm gonna go commit a murder across the street from a police station. You know, I, I just you know that's beyond brazen. That is. Uh, that's when you really feel like you are in charge and you're going to be able to get away with whatever you want to do. Um. That part was interesting to me. The part that makes me very curious and then they kind of addressed it a little bit as though he he had to get buzzed in right so that means the person who buzzed him in saw who was coming up right they have to see that well i mean they kept all his all his people kept saying somebody's lying somebody either either scared to come forward or they're just lying either way it's a cover-up in, in a sense so and again, yeah, I, I thought that too. She buzzed him up. That person looked her in her face and said, get on the floor. So how, how, how she didn't see anything? Well, the person who said get on the floor, that is actually here. Do you have his name in here? Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, Kurt, no, 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 no. Hold on, I have him. I swear I wrote him in here. Um, Major. Now I can't find it in my stupid notes. Uh, oh, Ronald Washington. Oh, Ronald Washington. Okay, Ronald he, Washington. Yeah, but he is—he's the guy that comes in second that tells her to get on the floor. The guy that came—we well, assuming that the other guy who came up first is the one who buzzed him. No one says who this guy is. Everybody says they didn't see him. So they have to be lying because she had to see him. She okay, but him even in. even 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 if she saw the second guy. And and not necessarily the shooter. The shooter knew the the, the second guy was and it was associated with the shooter. Right. So when you arrest him, there's your answer. Well, yeah. When they arrest him and then they try and they convict him on other charges, they use this to try to put more weight against him. But that didn't work out. So, but I think they're trying to find. I, I think the police is trying to get who actually did it. I don't know that. I don't. This whole thing, that whole thing between the police and the neighborhood, and they keep saying the neighborhood lost trust in the police, but the police doesn't trust the neighborhood, and they treated the people in the neighborhood horribly when they went into for interrogation to try to find out who it was, but they're not telling the truth either. I was so right. confused by the neighborhood and the police. There seems to be, there has to be a better way to do this. Yeah, well, if one, if one side isn't truly willing to cooperate with the other, uh, as much as the other may not give a shit about you, and we know that's 
beyond despicable in and of itself, but at least if they're making attempt an attempt as half ass as it may be, if they're making an attempt, they can't pull all the weight. No, they can't. They need someone to come forward. But I'll tell you what, I don't want to get to that just yet. Uh, I'm trying to find them here. Because I, I have a, obviously I don't know who did this. And I, I don't, I did like though that, uh, yeah, the guy sitting next to Jam Master J is Tony Rincon. And he's, they called him the car sitter. Yeah. <laughs> and his guy said that he is uh, weak or something. I forgot what he said. That he, he said coward. <coughs> coward. Yeah. So Jam Master J, if he was alive, could take all your coughs and make a hell of a track. I'm telling you, man, I'm dying over here. So, but if he's the, if he is the, uh, if he's a coward, why don't you have someone that this is what I don't understand either though. And he said that they're, they're okay. Now this, uh, they're saying that he is, uh, asked for the bullets needed a gun because he, he was scared. That's what that, uh, that, uh, whatever I got his name that I just said, Washington, is that Ronald Washington? Don't you want to have someone around you that's not a coward? That someone is, you know, that's well. That's that's what that's what the dude said when he was like he was the he was the worst guy to have. Yeah, the weakest in that scenario. And what what kept throwing me off was when they were showing the overhead model blueprint. Yeah. of the studio, and they kept showing how apparently Jam Master J had a gun next to him on the sofa. Yeah. And I kept going, what? he didn't pick it up and try to use it. But I guess that's what he had paid the guy $200 for to go get him bullets. Okay. And this is where it gets, this is where it gets interesting to me because um, if you have the gun there, is it, a, it's an unloaded gun? Cause they never said that. They never said the, the police looked at the gun and it's unloaded. I think. Right. That- no, they didn't. They didn't. And, and nor did they say even the people who were there, Say, hey, Dr. J, I mean, Dr. J, JMS J picked up the gun and he licked off a couple shots. Nothing. So I have to believe that the gun was completely empty, which is why he gave the, his dude $200 to go get bullets. Okay, but that dude is supposed to be going to get bullets. Do you really think that if you need bullets, you give him $200 to go get the bullets, the guy doesn't come back until the other guy's in there. You would have thought if that other guy was in there and he really was trying to protect him. He Don't you think he would have came in shooting, not trying to get the other girl to lay on the ground? But who says he, but... She did. She identified oh, him. Oh, shit. Right, right. Right. <laughs> so this is, this is very... It's all curious to me, but here's the curious part to me. This is the curious part. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Tinyard. That's Ronald Tinyard Washington. Tinyard was his middle name. Um, Randy Allen. Jay's business partner. This guy, this is my problem with this guy. And I'm not saying he did anything, but how come he's pointing the finger at a bunch of different people? First, he says it's this guy, or it could be that guy. And then he, then he says he went uh, with uh, Curtis uh, Schoon. Is it Schoon? They went to mm. LA to go do a drug deal. Now they're in LA. Now it's this guy. Then it wasn't that guy. Then he was pointing at uh, at at the Washington dude. Dude, he he's looking at everybody. Why is he Why is he directing everything away from 
everybody it was no except for him everybody was except for him and he was they said that he was taking money but they also said that he was one of the best dudes and that he would never do anything like that but he points his finger at everyone they're accusing him of taking money out of the company the tape is missing and there's another tape in there so someone came in grabbed a tape the tape from the evening and then put a different tape in there someone had to have access to the room well, they, they, they hinted that the same dude who he paid him to go get the bullets for $200 yeah. was, was at the studio a little bit earlier where he may have had some time to do that. But he would have had to know how to do that and where to get everything and get that other tape that they had to have and put it in there. Who would know how to do that? Your business partner. Mm, well... Listen, that's I'm not a, saying well, him. I'm not saying him. That, that's just, almost a little bit of an assumption. I, I mean, I know what you're saying. If you're my business partner, you should know all the ins and outs of what my day-to-day is just the same. But we don't know that he did know that. No, but then he says, at first it was that Curtis. At first it was like who he thought did it, then the Curtis Schoon guy that he went on a drug deal with and they lost money. And then it was Little D and Big D. He always had, he was always, well, what about, he was always kind of going at someone else. Yeah, you see, this is why, this is why, again, I'm an advocate for, unless they're your actual relative, like your brother, your sister, I'd even be a little bit wary of cousins. Uh, but unless they're your immediate family or somebody like in my case, like I said, with Ish and Ivan, who are my blood more than my actual blood, I, I think I think you have to put a limit on how many people you bring up from the streets because with the streets come a mentality and a behavior and everybody is not suited to make the adjustment into what it takes mentally and behavior-wise to be a success. Well, this is the, the other part of that. Is the- and in order for you, I'm sorry, and in order for you to be a success... I think you have to change and evolve somewhat. No matter how street you are, you have to ev- you have to evolve away from some of that. Well, <coughs> that's what I was going to say, though. If you come from the streets, you know what the other person knows. The same thing from the streets. You need someone who can advance you to help bring you up further. Every you got to learn from someone. If 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 you're from the streets and the people you hire are from the streets, you guys know the same shit. You know, you don't have anybody to help develop you, to bring you to another level. You need, if you're the smartest person in the room, that means the room's going to get, you can make the room smarter, but no one's going to make you smarter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and, and listen, I'm not saying completely 100% abandon the streets, but you can't take the whole neighborhood with you. No, you just can't. And you, even if you, you can, but do it, you have to do it. You can't take everyone from the neighborhood at the same time. You could take everybody that you like from the neighborhood, but at certain times, you can't take everybody all at once. Yeah. I have a spot for you. The spot has to be something you can grow into. You just can't move your guys from the streets over to the business side of your business. You can move some, but they have to come, they have to come up. You can't take everybody. Yeah. You can't take everybody at the same time. You just can't. And, and you know, as, as much as, as much, and I think this is a term, you know, uh, the term love, you know, gets overly used, you know? Yeah, they all love you when y'all are at the same level. 
when y'all all are starving and struggling. But once you make it, you know, jealousy, man, kicks in. Envy. Dude, it's ego. And, and all, that too. Yeah, dude. But I then did. eventually, you know, that love shit gets thrown out the window. It, well, it does. You know, I just, I just heard this, and this was a, this was a, embarrassing as a human to hear this. Um, do you know that they, 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 they did a, like a survey, and they asked someone. They said, "You can make, I think it was a hundred thousand dollars a year, and, and you could have this new job. It was more money than the people were making. So let's call it two hundred thousand dollars a year, just for fun. Two hundred thousand dollars a year." at a company, but she would be the lowest paid person at the company, but you're getting $200,000 a year. Or you can make $50,000 a year and you would be the highest paid person at the company. Which did more people choose? The highest. Yeah. You would, you would neglect $150,000 more to be the highest paid person at the, at the company. Versus being the lowest paid person in your company, but making $200,000 a year. That's ego. Because you don't want to be the lowest paid person in the company? Yeah. That's crazy. That's just, that's not a rational way of thinking. How much more could you, how much more could you better your life with an extra $150,000? But you'd be the lowest paid person at work. For eight hours a day, you'd be the lowest person on the totem pole. But next year... You could be one of the highest paid people. And, 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 and quite frankly, if you, if you move correctly, that may really be the diamond in the rough. If you take that lower position, but you take that money and move wisely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's yeah, just. Most people, don't want to, most people don't want to think that hard. They don't want to play that hard. They don't, they don't want to feel like they're the lowest person on the rung. That, that, that's what it comes down to, man. But as, as I've worked through life, man, I, I would, I've worked in the restaurant business. Let's, let's say that's where I've worked a long time in the restaurant business, man. I would rather be the, if, if they were paying, if every position got paid $100,000 to the restaurant, give me the dishwashing position. It's a dirty position, but I don't have to do anything. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have anything to have to, I just need to put out clean dishes. Give me some dirty dishes and let me make them clean. Fuck, fine. I'll take that job. Uh, I don't right. want. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to hear how like they did, they asked for green sauce and they got this wasn't the same as the last time. They, I don't want to deal with that. I'll take the green sauce cup and wash it. But people, people are different, man. They, they, it, it's, it's something in them. It, 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 it makes them feel validated because they're making the most amount of money in the place that pays the least. No, not at all. Give me the more. Give me more money. Right. Unless it was something that was like community driven or something that I wanted to do that made me feel good about myself, that might be different. But that's not what this was about. Excuse me. Got you. <laughs> God damn! When Jam Master J paid that nigga to go get them bullets, he should have paid him to go get you some cough medicine. Have them shoot that in your lungs. Dude, this has been all week like this. I had a hot, I just drank a hot tea and I was feeling better, but I don't know what happened. It just went away. Sorry, guys. I've, I've had to deal with this all week, though. Uh, uh, what else you got? That's so who it, do you brother. think did it? 
You know what, man? I think it was the dude. I definitely think it was the dude that got paid the two hundred dollars to go get the bullets. But who's the other guy? That's that's the big. Who's the main gunman? Do you know what I think we should do with this though? I think we should make. I, I don't want to. I'm trying. I'm being funny, but I, I don't want to be disrespectful to to to, to Jay. But this almost sounds like a board game. You know, like who, you know, like the... Who killed Jay? Yeah, who killed Jay? And then you play a board game. You got to go around the board rolling dice and doing things because there's... It It almost seems... Like, listen, I'm not... I'm not saying that the the the, the office manager chick... Well, and I have her name here too. I'm not saying it was her, but she did let him in. Yeah. Um, Linda High. Yeah. So she let him in. I don't think in. she's in on it. I don't I don't think she's in on it. Well, but she let him in. And why right. would she and the sit? fact that she let him in and saw one of the dude's faces and took forever to say anything. Well, uh, it says that you know, that's well, that's the other thing too. Uh see going back to this uh Curtis dude again. Curtis is the one who blows up all the notes that the police has and starts saying that this was seen and this was said and this was said. I'm just, he keeps putting things everywhere in different places. I'm not saying he did it. Not Curtis. Not Curtis. That that I got that wrong. That was uh, uh, Randy. Randy, his business partner. His business partner keeps throwing these things out there and pointing at different people. That That's suspect to me, though. I'm not saying he did it. Yeah, dude. Uh, you know, listen, here's what was throwing me. Because, again, I'm, I was going back and forth because – Certain things where you go, well, this would make sense to not do this, do it this way, as, as opposed to doing it that way, which is better and smarter. But then that's fucked up, too. Like, for instance, listen, Jam Master J put in the studio in his neighborhood. The pro is, again, that's a black man giving back to the to where he came from. The con is it's in your old neighborhood, which means is susceptible to the bullshit. But then I'm also going, well, that don't really matter because what are you going to say? Put put it in a place like, and one of the police just also said, it wasn't like the studio was, if this was in California, Beverly Hills, or here in New York, Manhattan, a safer, better place. Well, the studio that Tupac got shot in was in Manhattan. So yeah. that kind of, that argument kind of goes out the window. I think to myself, well, Instead of having maybe people in your crew be security at the studio, which he didn't even really have security, have real hired policemen, off-duty cops. But then I'm going, the studio was three minutes away from a police precinct. Yeah. So there that goes out the window. Well, What's the it, better thing to do? Well, then you do have, and, and Raheem Dukes is the, is the guy who helped put this together, I guess, and was trying to... Uh, uh, was working at MTV at the time and was trying to find out who did this. Uh, he keeps leaning back on the police not doing their job, but then he's also the one that says the community isn't telling the, the police everything. And then you have the cops that are still working the case, but then he brings up a good point. He goes, <clears throat> when he talks about, uh, uh, Jesus, this is not going to be good right now. Uh, when he's talking about, uh, uh, why can't I remember? Dude, uh, you do the joke all, all the time uh, with them. What? This is really bad. Uh, 
Rapper, heavyweight, heavy dude. Biggie. Biggie. Jesus Christ. I can't even remember Biggie's name right now. All he had to do was go, ho, ho. Uh, Biggie uh, brings him up and says, like, how he was being watched by federal authorities, and they can't figure out who, who they didn't see who did it. How do you how do you have federal authorities watching and not know who what have happened or have leads? And because it was right on the street, how come they didn't have any other videos? Now, I don't know at this time, was there as much video available like they could see outside? Because videos were terrible back then, too. Uh, they've gotten better since then where you can see a little bit more outside and see different things. I don't know if at that time you could get great if, if the videos worked. I, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't know. But he brings up some good points about rappers who, you know, have been uh, unalived and uh, no one has noticed. No one has said anything like the police can't figure this shit out. And that's when KRS-One has the song. If you want to get away with murder, kill a rapper. I mean, it is a little odd that they can't find these guys. Well, yes, but I don't want to downplay either, you know, especially when you don't have the cooperation from the community. I I understand that. And this is where I get in trouble from certain black people who will say what I'm saying is bucket for the white man and kowtowing for the white man. All I'm saying is when it comes to certain things, we have to take accountability. And I get it. The history with the police. I get it. I get it. I get it. But we, if we just go, fuck it, we ain't going to take no accountability. We're not going to get involved. Then I just don't know. What do you want? Miracles? Well, it would take a miracle if no one's going to say anything. But apparently, again, she did say something that night and that lead wasn't followed up on. Uh, I, I just have too many. There's too many inconsistencies all over the place, though. So I don't know if we ever heard the real truth about anything that happened that night, to be honest, because nothing lines up with everything everybody's saying. You would think yeah. that if they would have put everybody and, and this goes to one of the points that they were yelling at the people. They weren't treating them correctly. They should have treated them as witnesses, put them each in their own room. And you ask everybody what happened. And then you line up the story. Like, and and let me go back to what I just said. You know, when I say I get it, I want people to understand. I get it. Because it's like when the dude said, listen, if a cop had been shot up there at that studio, they would have turned Queens upside down. Right. So, again, I'm acknowledging I know the bullshit in terms of the racism involved. But even with that being said, if you just completely go, I'm not getting involved, fuck the police, you know, y'all figure it out without the help of any of us at all. I just don't see how that's productive. Well, I think that you can do that, but then you can't blame the police for not catching them. Exactly. But when, but when Biggie gets shot in, uh, in LA, not in LA, I mean in Vegas, right? Vegas. In LA. In LA. Okay. He gets shot in LA. Lots of cameras there. When Tupac gets Vegas. shot in Vegas, tons of cameras. You can't go anywhere in Vegas without being on film. Well, I don't know about the L.A. thing, because like I said, I used to live a couple of blocks from where he was killed. Nah, there ain't no cameras in that area. No, okay. Really? Okay. Yeah. But Now, Vegas, that's different. That is different. Everybody in Vegas is watching somebody. Well, it's just, it's, it's, listen, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to, I can't say, the police can't do it without the information. But what has led to the fact that no one wants to give the police the information? 
So I understand. I understand. So, but it, if we're gonna keep leaning on that, we can't expect miracles too. No. So, it's it, it's a it, it's just interesting that after all this time, we don't. There's no answers to this. But I think the answer is, and this is why I think we it's not discovered. It seems a little inside jobish. If it is the guy that you said, right, then it's inside job. And, and I think another thing that people don't realize, um. It sounds really horrible to say it this way. Um, if someone randomly just wants to kill you, randomly, and does a decent job, it's hard to find a person. If the person just one day decides whatever you did, I'm not saying that this is what happened, but I'm just saying, let's say, just somebody bumps into the wrong person, maybe was a little had an attitude, something happened. They don't have really any connection to you. They, you just you know who they were and you didn't like how they treated you. You could just walk in there. If you shot him and walked out, you can get away with it because no one has that connection to you. That makes it harder. That's why you need more information to be able to put that together. Not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying I don't think that it's thought of that way. Because <laughs> if there's no connection, they can't really play. And you can keep yourself from being placed there. I mean, it's a tough one to prove. Yeah. So I, I just I hope that they figure this out one day. It would be nice. Uh, he seemed I don't know him. Seemed like legit, great, nice person. Didn't seem like he ever got a big head about who he was or what he was doing. It, it's unfortunate like that when someone like that goes. All right, folks. I promise one day we'll get to Bismarcky. <laughs> when they say nobody beats the Biz, apparently everybody else does. So we will get to it one day. Uh, you already did all the announcements. So is there anything else? No, man. But uh, I want to go back to uh, real quick. Uh, Madison Square Garden, May 18th, the Hulu uh, Theater. Uh, get those tickets. Aries coming home. Well, May 14th. That's uh, May 18th. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. May is, is Boston, right? Boston. Boston. Is it the? Yeah, I think it's uh, the Wilbur. Yeah, it's a week. Pull it up real quick. The Wilbur is May 11th. Yeah. May 11th is at the Wilbur. So we'll be in Boston. Uh, there's Are you, it's May 11th? May 11th. Jesus, Aries, come on. May 11th, May and May 18th is, uh, is Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. So we're in the East Coast. We're, uh, we got some shows. Everybody said, you know, this is your opportunity. Everybody's been saying, when is Aries coming to New York? He's in New York. And if you're in Boston, uh, there's supposed to be an appearance by uh, somebody from Aries staff is supposed to be there. Uh, I forgot. Well, we know who the fuck it is, kid. <laughs> I'll be there. Oh, you better believe I'll be there. I'll be paying attention to the white guy more than the black guy. Because, you know, that's just the Bostonian in me. But I will definitely be there. That's good. Uh, You'll be able to hear me. I'll be the one cheering up. Yay, white guy. <laughs> I don't know your name, but you're funny. It's fucking Bobby Patterson, kid. Uh, um, okay, so I guess that's it, right? That's what we got. We apolo I apologize, folks, uh, for the bad uh, audio. Uh, we had technical difficulties last week, but I think we ironed it out. And uh, it'll be a much smoother exit uh, upon sitting down on the toilet. I like it a little rough. I don't. 
Not if it's coming out of that end of me. I like to know that I'm getting work done. Mm. I think that's it, right? I think that's the show, man. All right. Nothing goes down unless I'm involved. No blackjack, no dope deals, no nothing. A nickel bag gets sold in the park. I want in. <laughs> you guys got fat while everybody stopped on the street. It's my turn. Hmm. You think you're going to live long enough to spend that money, you fucking hump? If any of you are tired of getting ripped off by guys like that, you come with me. I'm at the Plaza Hotel. You're welcome. You're welcome. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>